you under her eye. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and gender equality. We are fucking this month in the patriarchy over here and we are doing that through education because education is so important and this is all brought to you by me in Sandsfield. I am 17 years old. I do not know shit. I do not. Okay. Hey everybody, so today's episode is about the future of feminism. So for this episode, I'm going to be reading out some um, feminist activists' views on the future of feminism and obviously talking about my own opinions as well um, because, yeah, I want this podcast to be proactive not just telling you what's wrong with misogyny, not just telling you how the patriarchy affects us, but actually talking about where feminism can go, no matter what is happening right now. You know, there is hope, and raising awareness is the way to that. So that's why I'm going to be talking about the future of it, but not from like I don't know I'm just going to tell you where feminism is going to go from the perspective of me and also some feminists who I found articles on so yeah so I'm currently on a walk (laughs) so if you can like hear me walking I hope that it's not too bad Um, but I'm going to start I'm just going to go for it I'm just going to start by telling you what I want the future of feminism to look like what an ideal feministic world would look like and for me i've been noticing a lot recently the male entitlement and a lot of people will put these differences between women and men down to just that fact genetics but to me it's not to me it is the societal ideas that inbuilt sexism the inbuilt patriarchy that causes these things um so an example would be like um women being better at cleaning (laughs) like i don't believe just because you have a vagina you're a better cleaner like to me it's it's not about your sex okay it's it's the the societal knowledge the things we've been brought up knowing the inbuilt beliefs from our ancestors even um that women should clean therefore they're better but are they what makes a woman better some would say oh it's their natural ability but what is that (laughs) I bought a book a few weeks ago, no, like last week, uh, from a bookshop, and it was like an independent bookshop, and it's called Women Who Run With the Wolves, I think. So basically, I was, I'm really, I sound really posh right now, (laughs) I sound really posh. So I was buying this book, and it was called Women Who Run With the Wolves, I think. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, Um, but it looked really good. And I gave it to the guy. And he was like, oh, that's an interesting 
book for you. I was like, what? <laughs> Just because I was buying a feminist book. He literally completely proved every man. Hey guys, so now I'm on an article on Vox.com and it's feminist features. And this first woman has called Mickey Kendall says that in 20 years she wants feminists to be seen as a a standard oh my god she wants feminists to see it as standard to consider the impact of proposed policy on women in every single community not just wealthy white women mainstream feminism would would consistently create and sustain policies that would be intersectional by default because the impact on those at the least privileged and resources would be the first concern Feminist marches would turn up and amass to protest everything from police brutality to cuts to food aid. Candidates backed by organisations like Emily's List would push for everything from discrimination of sex work to advocating for immigration policies that aren't the mismatch of cruelty and racism that we see now. Instead of bans based on religion and race, family separation policies and arbitrary bigotry dictating who is worthy of citizenship, we could steer away from the colonialist ideals of a nation that only serves the interests of the rich. We could honour existing treaties with indigenous nations as well as create new ones informed by current events instead of white supremacist rhetoric. That is so powerful. We'd see mainstream feminism support movements ranging from disability rights to labour activism because it would understand that every issue that impacts women is a feminist issue. I don't expect perfection in 20 years, but it would be nice to see the next wave of feminism live up to the goal of actually advancing equality and safety for all. Nikki Kendall is an author, activist and cultural critic. Her latest book, Hood Feminism, was just published. I have not read that book. I've seen it. But yeah... It looks really good. Um, I'm not sure if this next one is a different person, uh, a different woman. I'm not sure, but it says, when, pe- when people say we are living in divided times, I say we are living in a time of extremes. We both have role models like Rihanna and we can't get a woman in the White House. A woman is told she can have it all, but women are still paid less than men. Measuring feminist progress can be challenging. In many ways, women's lives are dramatically better than they have ever been, but there are also places where feminism's work is far from over. Women who don't have access to sanitary products, women in certain states fighting for access to reproductive health care, women everywhere facing the constant threat of harassment and assault, just to name a few. Uh, That one is so relevant right now. I mean, they're all relevant, but uh, this latest... Is it a law? Um, I don't know what the word is, but this new law on abortion is absolutely disgusting. It is so disgusting. And I don't know enough about it at the moment to really say anything, but I just had the idea of doing an episode on that. And I saw this Instagram like post that was saying if men were the ones that had abortions like i know that all abortion all genders have abortions like i saw an article on that but you know if it was men who were pregnant and had abortions like all men uh it would it would be so easy there'd be no rules and it's all related to freedom it's all related to choice and 
Oh my gosh, I just saw Caitlyn Jenner say she supports Texas abortion law and supports a woman's right to choose. Wow, that makes no sense. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Um, uh. Okay, so now I'm going to read another article. This is on vice.com and it is, it's what's the future of, feminist, of the feminist movement? 12 leading voices respond. Um, I'm just going to read the introduction. In the past, oh, over the last few years, the rally, the rallying cry for a more feminist future has grown louder and louder. But what exactly does that look like? In the past century, we've seen feminists successfully fight for the right to vote, reproductive rights, safer public spaces and more equal workplaces, among other crucial stepping stones to equality. Today, however, feminist aims to seem to be evolving more rapidly. <laughs> in 2018 alone, we saw women sage the Senate, protest Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation and expose high-power men as abusers. Women made crucial strides, but at the same time, also faced new limitations in the fields structured to enforce male views and voices. True, even two, three years later. Um, okay, so, first person... King, princess, singer and songwriter. For me, it would look like gays and women and people of colour just running shit. All the white men in this narrative, they're still a couple, but they're very docile. Just give money to women to fund their ideas. They're like a bank. In this future, the Oscars would have very few old white people and we would just honour incredible female, queer, black, trans art. And we'd end this idea that you have to watch or enjoy certain content just to prove you're woke. We'd just watch good content. Also, every club would be a drag bar. Damn, this world is really good. That is so cute. I love that. The next person is A. Jen Poo, Executive Director of National Domestic Workers Association. I could imagine local communities where people really know each other. Maybe there's a childcare centre and a centre of activities for the elderly. People gather and help each other out, learn together, play together, but then they're also able to work decent hours and get paid. I think it's about building an economy that allows every single person to find dignified work and feel valued. Embedded in that would be the ability to realise our full potential, not just at work, but in our communities. It is the context for our democracy, in the context of our families across generations. Jacob Tobia, writer, producer and author. I think that my utopian future would definitely be a comedy. It would be about two police officers, except they don't carry guns, and all they do is run around a sweet, trans-inclusive society, helping school children cross the street. Basically, it's a world without prisons and without cops, so cops are just these community members who don't even need nightsticks because they just give people emotional support. Maybe sometimes they have to deal with a little kid who's stealing from a co-op and they're like, you don't have to steal, we have universal basic income, Sarah. And Sarah's like, oh no, I was just having feelings about being an adolescent. It's like a post-prison abolition comedy hour. That is so cute, oh my gosh. Um, Christina Jimenez, sorry, I'm sorry. Executive Director and Co-Founder of United We Dream. My vision is for a world and a country where people who have been kept on the margins, like immigrants and women and people of colour, are able to live without fear and thrive. This vision isn't far-fetched. 
That's why you see efforts from the right wing to use institutions and policies to oppress marginalised communities because they know we're on the verge of turning things around. Wow, that is so true. They are scared. They are scared. Next person, Roxane Gay, writer, editor, professor, New York Times bestselling author. If I were to envision a feminist utopia, it would be power in, it would be it would be women in power, in real sustained power, in their personal lives and in the public sphere. You would see a world where people weren't talking about what a young female congresswoman is wearing. Wow. Bell Hooks, feminist theorist and writer. It's really very simple. Our stewardship would be both to the earth and to gender. It wouldn't be to some high-tech anything. It would be the complete abandonment of simple living. That is so cute. Blair Amani, activist and author of Modern Her Story. There'd be free birth control you can get from a vending machine. There wouldn't be a luxury tax on tampons and pads and prisons would be abolished. We'd have restorative justice instead of punitive justice. Sister Simon Campbell, executive director of Network and founder of Nuns on the Bus. I've got this odd idea that all of our borders and walls are in throwback, are a throwback to the mammals, to the males of the species who mark their territory. They mark their territory in a way that defines their space. Men continue to do that. My hunch is that with women allowed to flourish, my hunch is that with women allowed to flourish, they'd be much less worried about boundaries and we have more concern about inclusion, shared beliefs, the common good, how all families can flourish, and I think we'd be a lot further ahead. The experience of growing up feminine can contain a lot of joy, but also a lot of pain and trauma. What are some of the hopes you have for how the next generation experiences gender expression growing up? This is a very interesting one, and I'm going to read it just because it's important and I want to do an episode of feminism and gender. So yeah, so Bell Hook says, well of course, I'm the high priestess of love. So what I really hope is just for the children of today and of the future to experience what it is to love and sort out whatever we need about our gender and identity in order to do that. Roxanne Gay, I want to see parents willing to meet their children where they're at. I'm not one who wants to throw away gender as long as people are allowed to express a gender that feels natural to them. I want to see more empathy, more flexibility, more patience. And when kids express themselves freely, I want to see school administrators and teachers and classmates supporting that. King Princess. What my parents did really well is they raised me in this fluid way. I was allowed to wear whatever I want, get whatever toys I want, play with race cars. I think it can be confusing to raise your children without any idea of gender. What you can do is provide a space to be like, okay, how do you want to express yourself? What do you want to wear today? What makes you feel good? Jacob Tobia, I think we talk about gender self-determination. A lot of people have this vision of some dystopian world where everybody, everyone has to wear grey hoodies and nobody has gender. I'm like, ooh, gross. Obviously, everyone is going to be miserable in that world. I don't want a genderless world. I want a genderful world. I want a world where gender identity matters to people, but it matters as a form of creative expression and not some determination of your self-worth or ability to survive. It's not that hard to raise genderful children, but you have to let your kids lead. That is, I love that, genderful world. I love it. Blair Armani, 
I was staying at a family friend's house recently and their daughter's room was in green yellow because her parents didn't want her growing up with garbage ideas that blue is for boys and pink is for girls. Now it turns out that she loves pinks, pink and ponies and princess dresses, but she decided that for herself. I love growing up being hyper-feminine. It's not about taking that away from anyone, but rather getting out of the way and letting kids lead. Jill Soloway, producer and writer of Transparent. I actually think that a lot of our hope for the future can be found in the way that you've asked this question, which is separating femininity from gender. I think our world begins to see that they are totally different things. But I think as our world begins to see that they are totally different things, that the way we are treated and the genders we assign to at birth aren't necessarily connected or aren't essentially connected, but are actually only socially collected, connected is a clue to starting to understand how we can unhook our bodies from our societal expectations and begin to create the lives that feel more like we're choosing them instead of being hoisted upon us. Jean Kilborn, creator of Killing Us Softly. One of the problems we face is that these human qualities we all have get divided up and labelled as masculine or feminine and the feminine gets devalued. Traditionally, those have been things like compassion, nurturance, intuition. What I hope is that we'll head towards a time where all children get the full range of human qualities so we allow girls to be strong and powerful and boys to be emotional and vulnerable. It's the same way that we're now understanding that gender is a fluid concept. We have to accept that there's no such thing as masculine or feminine quality. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Um, this is about how does your relationship with your body inform your work and your feminist identity? Uh, and it's talking about like how women's bodies are politicised, weaponised, stigmatised. Um, Blair Imani, I hear people in the tech space talk about the idea that bodies won't matter. And I'm like, well, for some of us, they don't matter now. Being a black person, my body has never mattered in the context of mainstream conversations on humanity and autonomy. You'll see dark-skinned folks try to slide their hand under some something automated and they don't even get noticed. Tech folks have started talking about the singularity and robots taking over. And I hope and I joke with my black friends that it won't even affect us because we're not even seen as humans. Um, by the way, in the question, it did say... With the rapid expansion of AI and automation, we've been increasingly told that our bodies won't matter soon. That's why she's talking about that. It didn't really make sense how I read that, but didn't read that. <laughs> I'll just read one more. So Jamie Wilson, J- J- Jamelia Wilson, editor of the Feminist Press. As someone who has had autoimmune issues, I've experienced feminist awakenings in doctor's office being told that something I had experienced was part of my imagination, code word for hysteria. I've learnt that I have to trust my own voice. Being born a black woman with a disability, there are people who don't see my humanity. There's so much wisdom in me that I've been taught to quiet down. I'm working and I'm working to unlearn that. There are pe- so many people there are many people whose stories we miss out on because our society teach us to question realities that go against maleness and whiteness. That is so true. Uh, Roxane Gay, I've been thinking a lot about space, how space does and does not accommodate bodies like mine. What that thinking has done for me is it's expanded my understanding of the spaces that aren't open to people living with disabilities. 
I don't think we talk enough about that in feminist conversations. We often put ability at the end of a lot of issues to consider without really thinking about what it means to people. That's really true and I should probably do an episode on that. That's yeah. Disabilities and yeah. I'll just read one more. Jacob Tobia. Bodies are everything. Your body your body is this precious feeling thing and we can never pretend that bodies don't matter. The only reason automation should exist is to make it more wonderful to live in the bodies we have. And automation, in the right way, can lead to us all having a higher quality of life and better ability to live in our bodies. That's why we need more women and femmes and trans people in technology. People who can make sure that our advancements in technology are augmenting and not replacing our human experience. Oh my god, this is such an interesting article. Wow. Um, I th- think that's everything but yeah i agree with all those people feminist future is just it's just a place of total inclusion for me and just a lack of stereotypes and raising children without putting these gender norms on them without putting these qualities associated with their sex um think that is really important because gender I think is actually very very linked to the future of feminism because if we still have this separation of men of men and women with this complete like difference and this complete black and white idea it's it's going to be hard to to get away from the ideas of women being less like just being inferior like if we have that separation if we focus on that separation it's always going to be the ideas of women being inferior like we need to unroot it from the bottom which definitely starts i think that's definitely gender is part of that gender identity and raising children without this rigid qualities of what makes a man what makes a woman like what does that mean and also bringing children up to understand that there are a lot of issues in the world and you can deal with these issues without being a certain way or without being negative like it's not negative to try and deal with them in fact it's positive to try because you're trying to change it you know we can't all be just complicit and just allowing this world to keep on going the way it is because nothing's going to change that way but yeah also i'm sorry there wasn't an episode last week i was in edinburgh and i'm also back at college uh i was gonna try and pre-record some episodes but it's already sunday maybe i'll pre-record one tomorrow afternoon yes i will do that okay guys see you next week bye